my good people. My people. Every week I feel like my intro is slowly turning me more and more into Trump. <laughs> and you, my good people, listening to... No, that's terrible. Terrible way to advertise a show, especially at any university in Canada, is to impersonate <laughs> Trump and endorse it. Yeah. Trump would hate this show, which means you need to listen it. And the show that Trump listen hates... It. Listen to it. That's right. Speak as well as he does, too. Yeah. I speak real good. I have the best words. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows more. Uh, did you see the latest thing with Trump was that he thought that Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs, was Kansas City, uh, Kansas? So he's like, you guys represent the great state of Kansas. Now, if you think of what I did, it was, it's not in the great state of Kansas. <laughs> because I don't follow baseball very much. Baseball? So both, yes, baseball. Oh, no, football. <laughs> Whatever. I don't follow baseball either. And what I'm thinking of, the Kansas City... Okay, but the Kansas City baseball team, is that in Kansas? Uh, Kansas City... I mean, Royals, Kansas City is in Missouri. Is, but Kansas mm-hmm. City is also in Kansas. Basically, you Americans know, are done with The Kansas teams. City Royals, the baseball team... Are in Kansas City, Missouri. So, Kansas City, Kansas has nothing. Is that what is you're telling me? Is there a Kansas City, Kansas? There is. I'm pretty sure there is. There is. Okay, yeah. yes. There's there is. But there's nothing there. So, we all learned stuff today, both me and Trump. We learned that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Royals are in Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri. The That's- difference is, he should probably know that. Yeah, he's president of that state, both of them, and I'm not. Yep. Alas. It is home to the Kansas Speedway, so they do something there. I mean, it, this is weird because if I had to guess, like, which is bigger, the one in the state or the one that the state was, you know, you kind of think it's like London, Ontario. It's not as big as London, England, so we just kind of named it after it, right? Yeah. It's the smaller cousin. I didn't expect the bigger one to be the knockoff. Yeah. Now I don't know what to do with myself. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Game Over, <laughs> the premier video game and not geography show. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Hosted by two brothers and a third guy, only live on 11.5 UMFM and UMFM.com and in podcast form on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcast. I'm your go- father, son, and the goalie host. Father, son, and the, uh, what would be the goalie version of in football? Father, son, I was about to say umpire, but that's not a thing. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no Father, really goaltending equivalent. Father, son, and the quarterback host. I'll take yeah, it. Sh- sure. Uh, so I've had to run to my faithful squad mates, Adam Patrick and Matthew Manny. How are we doing, lads? <sighs> well, uh, just had it. <laughs> I, I'm a lot more entertained now than I was before. Well, uh, I, I, I just had a commentary here. that said, that sounded like one drunk conversation. <laughs> 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 like, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, it's not the effects of alcohol. It's the, ex- it's the effects of a desk job. <laughs> they have similar effects on your brain in that it just slowly shuts down. <laughs> so it's about weathering the effects. No, it's actually the effects of watching, I would say, like 12 to 14 hours of television in the last... 24. <laughs> yeah. What have you been watching? All of, well, stay tuned. All okay. of The Good Place and then re-watching all of uh, Watchmen. Oh, you've been watching The Good Place. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I cried like a little baby at the end of The Good Place. I'm expecting I to. got uh, I got to season three and stopped. Oh. I think. You should keep going. You should keep going and then you should listen to it whenever we talk about it on uh, TV Talkers, mm. which I assume I'm imagining it will be, be soon. soon. It's got to be. I think we'll be able to hold off for very long. Yeah, it's on British Netflix right yeah. now. I don't know why it's not on. I don't think it's on American Netflix. Yeah. It's definitely not on Canadian Netflix, but it's on British Netflix. Um, however you acquire British Netflix is up to you. Yeah. Now, I'm going to assume that everyone who watches it, including myself, took a brief trip to <laughs> London. London, England. That is not London, Ontario. <laughs> oh, we don't need to get over this again. Binge watched the show and then flew back. That is, of course, how I did it. 
I don't naturally. I don't have my fingers in anyone else's business as to how they do it. I will say I, I found it tremendously satisfying. We're going to talk about satisfying stuff uh, shortly. But what have you guys been playing in the past week? What have I been playing in the past week? Oh, I I finished playing through Subnautica. In mm. fact, I have a fun story to tell about this, an extremely frustrating one. Oh boy! So one of the things about Subnautica is that it's very buggy. And I didn't, like, I noticed some slight technical glitches, like, sometimes when you would park your ship next to a, basically a column of seaweed, it would glitch inside the ship. And it's like, that's fine, that's harmless, who cares? Um, but I'd heard sort of horror stories from other people, and I'd never experienced them, until I got to, like, 75% of the way through the second run. And I got to the point where whenever I would get into, essentially, my mech suit, um... It would kind of spaz out, hmm. and it got to a point where it was being a little glitchy, so I'm like, okay, usually when I save and quit and reload, everything's fine. So I saved, quit, reloaded, and as soon as I got back into the game, it immediately just started completely going nuts, and eventually it would throw me out of the map and kill me. Interesting. And I'm like, well, that might just end this run. Sounds like it did. Um, fortunately, I went online and I googled it, and... Other people have had this issue, and they're like, yeah, just mash the exit suit button as the game is loading, and it should throw you out of the suit, and you might take some damage, but you'll be okay. And that did solve it. Hmm. Um, so I was able to complete the, the second run. And it was, it was good. It's a good game. It really is. Buggy, but good. That's good. Matt, what are you even playing? Um, I actually hardly played anything this week, because um, I helped my girlfriend move, and then it was my, uh, I played in a curling tournament. Ooh. I saw that this weekend. Yeah, we uh, we did you? not win, but it was a lot of fun. Oh. Hmm. What um, position do you play? Uh, Umpire. <laughs> but no, no, we we like spread it all around because it's just like a super duper for fun thing, okay. just for the one weekend, and yeah. like no one's actually good. Okay, uh, except for my brother, so he skipped. So, right. yes. but yeah, the like it, the tournament is a ton of fun, but no one has any actual skill. The whole thing's a crapshoot, which is part of what makes it fun. Yeah, but. I need yeah. to tell you guys about the game that I played yesterday, or at least the game I played the first three levels of, because it's an early access. First of all, I did the classic thing that I do. I bought three games and I returned two of them immediately. Yeah. Um, which that's is, your thing. That's what, just what you got to do. That's what, that's what the system is, so that's where you are. Um, I tried out a game called Not For Broadcast. This game, I think it's only 10% off on Steam right now. It's in early access. It's relatively cheap. And it when I saw the uh, Steam page, it kind of reminded me about... I think it's called Beholder, you know, where you oh, kind yeah. of have access to this, yeah. or or um, Papers Please, or yeah. something, you know, something generally this in those lines. Mine. But the the actual, yeah, this world, kind of, but the actual world that you're in looks more like a Five Nights at Freddy's world, okay. in that you're mm-hmm. behind a computer monitor and you're using your your buttons to do it. But the trick of it is, and I like. They delve briefly into it in the three uh, episodes they have, or the three sequences, I should say, they have in early access, and they say they're going to have, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of of things to do. Um, But it's all, you basically, so you are the person in the booth of a TV station in fake England, and uh, you control not necessarily what goes on the air, because, like, the the hosts are going to say the same things. The bus is going to say the same things. This is going to say the same things. But you definitely control how people see it. 
So if you're putting up images of the new political party, are you putting up images that make them look flattering or no? Oh, I see. If you're, you know, having someone with a crazy rant, are you going to be showing, like, sticking with him so the audience get his whole or have, like, the astonished reactions of the person who's also doing the interview with him? You have, so basically you control, you have a feed of four video screens and a master screen. It's on a two-second delay, which I imagine is quite similar to actual TV. Um, They frequently swear, so you have a little sensor button that you have to, like, press in time. There's also a little mini game that you have to do where you have to deal with interference because apparently people are trying to hack it. That's just a little mini game in case you yeah. get bored, I guess. I wasn't super thrilled with that. But the the real trick of it is, and this kind of brought me back to uh, Red Alert back in those days, all the actual video is 100% live action video. Oh. So there's a ton of acting, which is really, really interesting. <laughs> so you see, like, it starts off with just a generic... Uh, news segment and they kind of talk about politics and then they go to this you know it's very low budget so they go to this like sporting event that nudists are trying to get into so you have to make sure the fee that's going out live doesn't have any nudity in mm-hmm. it uh, and then yeah you have another interview with the the newly elected party and uh yeah depending on how you you arrange it it can either go great or it can go terribly or it again the promise of the game hasn't necessarily been shown in in early access or yeah. rather the resolution to what the promise is. But that was probably the most creative game I've played in a long time. That sounds really interesting. So um, (laughs) it's funny. At the end of it, they had like a little cinematic kind of showing what's to come in theory. And then the the main three developers popped up on the screen and were like, hey, tell people. So it's me telling people. Yeah. That was a really cool game. And it's relatively cheap. And it's just different. So if you're just looking for something, it's like, ugh, another Call of Duty. What can I try? This is different. This is super duper different. It's like nothing I've also ever played. Unfortunately, it does require absolute focus. So if your girlfriend comes in the room telling you it's time to feed the dogs, you might be like, ah, I'm trying to make sure a senator is shot properly in here. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds, actually, what it reminds me most of from your description is don't feed the monkeys. I don't know if I know that one. You bought it. I don't know if I know it by name. (laughs) Uh, Or please do not feed the monkeys or something like that. It was, it was, and that makes me both interested and skeptical because I found "Please Do Not Feed the Monkeys" really, really frustrating. Um, I didn't buy this. You didn't? Or no. Did I buy? I don't remember buying it. You got some. Yeah, it, yeah. it does look like that though. A ghost yeah. bought it. Yeah, but uh, it was donated. So yeah, like uh, the concept of that one is that you're just this like schmuck whose f- online friend, sort of like in Superhot, tells you to download this app, and basically it's a surveillance app. And you get to spy on people, and you have little missions you have to complete. And there are some really freaking aggressive time limits. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one of the people you get to spy on is Hitler, so that's always nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this I, I feel like it's gonna. I mean, it, it's definitely gonna get dark because you don't make the, this sort of political drama thing where everything goes well and the prime minister is fantastic. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. No. Um, so yeah, there were some strong hints that it was gonna get dark, but it was just a lot. It's British. It's so. Yeah. It's so British. So if you like, like, dry, dark British humor, like, if you liked, um, this isn't an exact one-to-one, but if you like Black Mirror, you know, where it's just like, we're going to put a mirror up to society, a black mirror, if you will, up to society, and then it's kind of got those um, very dry British, like, sense of irony to it. Yeah. That's what this mm-hmm. game has a lot, very early on, and it looks like it's going to have even more of. And, you know, decent acting. I wouldn't say it's, like, Oscar-worthy, but <laughs> I believe it. I mean, it did look a little bit like, 
you know, in uh, the two Marvel Spider-Man movies where they show like the new segment from the kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it felt like a one step above that. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it wasn't like the most convincing. But again, they got no budget, right? You so, can only expect yeah. so much from a small indie game. Exactly. So. Small indie game, and clearly that's a lot of actors they had to pay. I, I bet a good chunk of them were just, hey, Bob. Do you want to come over to my house? Yeah. Some wanna... animators like, ah, I have an actor friend. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. pop over to my house and shoot this scene, Mike? That's a terrible British accent, and I'm so sorry. Okay, so, um, but when it comes down to it, Not For Broadcast is really about effective sequences. So we're going to talk about effective sequences. A very forced segue, but we're going to keep moving on. Um, and I, <laughs> I feel we talked about this briefly last week, and we want to turn an entire or now half a show into it this week. But I feel like this is the kind of thing that we could pop into like three to six months later and be like, oh, yeah, this this thing. Because yeah. I was trying to think, what games would I replay? But the gist of it, people, and feel free to hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash GameOverUMFM, and let us know what your picks are for this topic when you replay a game. So that's already a crucial part of it. Yeah. It can't just be a, a sequence that, I mean, it could, I guess. But it, in theory, it's a, a game that you're replaying, and when you're replaying it, oh, my gosh, I, like, I, I'm really looking forward to this particular part. So, of course, I'm going through those right now when I'm playing uh, The Witcher 3. I didn't put any Witcher 3 things on here because I didn't want to spoil them for you guys. But I'm curious what sequences in, what, in the games you're playing, in the games you're replaying, do you just constantly go back to? I had a lot of trouble with this because you, you suggested this basically at the end of last week. And I kept thinking about it and I kept going, boy, I don't know that there are any. Like, a lot of times when I think about old games I replay, I'm like, I enjoy this game, except for that one level. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost the reverse. It's like I'm dreading this part, but if I'm playing a game, it's not because there's one particular bit I really like. I had, okay, so I'll, I can lead it off. I think Matt had a few ideas, mm-hmm. too, but I, yeah. I kind of want to get the ball rolling on a, on a series that I know that we all love. I was trying to think out of all the Souls games. Yeah. What's the sequence that when I play it, I'm just like, ah, yes. And I'm yeah. wondering if you guys have something in mind for you, too. But for me, it's the weirdest part. It's in Demon's Souls. It's World 1-3. So it's nothing. It's so yeah. particular to me. But it's just because I have, I'm so used to playing that, I would almost always play with two buddies of mine. Um, and so it would be the three of us. And then 1-3, there's kind of that onslaught before... Like we're going up the bridge, yes, yeah, and it's just the three of you against groups of knights, and it feels of anything in Demon Souls, it's the most just like straight up car crash standard fight thing, and it's like yeah. Demon Souls has this unbelievably tight combat system that you're really saving for like corridors and sneaking around and doing this rolling, but here it's just like a straight up just a duel, and whoever comes out on top gets to go fight the boss. For whatever reason, I just love that sequence. I don't know. Matt, do you have anything on your list from the Soul series? Um, I was going to say 1-2 uh, from Demon Souls, actually. Oh, yeah? J- the um, the lead-up to the Tower Knight. For me, it's just like, it's that run, possibly because I had to do it so many times <laughs> <laughs> when I on my first run-through. Um, I just have so many good feelings about that run. Like It was one of those things where you memorized every single movement. It's like, okay, I take two steps, then do a heavy attack, and then this guy's coming around this corner, and like got to watch yeah. from the arrow from up there. Just whatever it was about that one run through in that one place, I had it absolutely down to a science. The, uh, another thing from Demon's Souls, actually, the entire like Tower of Latria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tower I, is really cool. It's, it's just so cool. I loved the first I time like I the did it. I the swamp part, but the rest of it. Okay. 
I'll say I forgot that was part of it. The actual <laughs> tower part yeah, of the yeah, tower. Of yeah. 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 Same, same thing. Like just running through it. I never did that one with friends, but running through it by myself, just the, I had never really played a level like that before where like at first it just seems so simple where it's just sort of this like rectangular thing that you sort of go up and up and up. But just the amount of depth that they managed to pack into essentially the same thing over and over again like blew my mind the first time I played it. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of Demon Souls, the one that jumps out at me is Flame Lurker. Because the bosses... You look forward to I, Flame well, Lurker? I don't, that's, my, that's what I'm getting at. I don't look forward to Flame Lurker. But every boss... Like, Flame Lurker is the hardest boss in the game. Like, yeah. there's, there's no harder boss than Flame Lurker. And it takes you 6,000 tries, but... Like, Demon's Souls was the first one, right? We weren't used to Dark Souls yet. And running up, like... And so, when you beat that thing oh, the yeah. first time, you're like, there is nothing I can't do now. Yeah. And I, th- I think my greatest sensation is not fighting Flame Lurker for me, but it's being a white phantom in 2-2, four- in which I yeah. think is where he is. Because yeah. then, especially if you're playing it with someone who's clearly, like, they're exploring in a way that you know they don't know this level... Because you're like, I know what's coming, and I'm going to save your ass. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. I, there's a similar feeling for that. I mean, it's a terrible, again, my, my feelings for, de- for Demon Souls. We could probably do a Demon Souls retrospective episode at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll remaster it. I need to replay Demon Souls. Um, but my feelings for Demon Souls are so clouded by the fact that I played it with two people regularly. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if you're playing it entirely solo or just with random people, kind of the way I did the first time, it might be different. But I got to New Game Plus 6 with the same yeah. two guys, and then I did it a couple other times with other different yeah. people. But even, like, 2-3, the Dragon God, probably the worst boss in the game. Yeah. But when you're doing it with two people, it's like, three, two, one, go, 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 go. Yeah. You know, and you're just ordering people true, around though. like Navy SEALs. Yeah, it is, that is. It's a very different experience. I was actually having a thought of that, too, the Dragon God. The, the, the scene where you're, like, approaching him, and you have to go down the narrow corridor and deal yeah. with the fire. I like that, too. And then the other one, the big one, like the big gut punch moment of that one is when you go and fight the false king, because Ostrava is like your one grounding person, yeah. right? There's no one else. And then, you know, spoilers for Demon Souls, he kills himself because he's gone and fa- like he spent this entire time going after his dad and you're like, you are useless, but you have a good heart, so I'll help you. Yeah. I feel like... Demon Souls doesn't get enough. I mean, you know what? Let's just do an episode of Demon Souls sometime. Yeah. Let's uh, keep this moving, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have some list. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the big one when you said like sequences that you look forward to, the immediate one that came to my mind is the suicide mission from Mass Effect Two. Yeah, like yeah. that's when I think of just great game quests. It's it's the number one thing that I think it it just does everything so well. Like the choices you've made in the game matter significantly. Every time you do it, it seems to go differently. Um, you know, whether you choose to do it differently or just by random chance, something weird always seems to happen that you don't expect. Um, I mean, it's just a fun mission to play through. Like, the way the, the music works into it, and it's it's just, it, it's very kind of dynamic how you go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it was one of the first times in a game I had actually had, like, characters who died that I, like, you know, that weren't like scripted into the game to die. Like I could have done something to save them. Yeah, it was it was just the most realistic use of, um, a, of like a party I had ever seen in a game to that point. Yeah, I don't know if any game has ever uh, done as you just said a, a party as well as they did in Mass Effect. Like I can think, I mean, at some point I suppose kind of in The Witcher Three, you're kind of given the classic RPG thing of hey, if you got buddies, now's the time to pull in some favors. Yeah, but. To my knowledge, even though I love it, 
there's no like like I don't know if if Roach wasn't there would everything have failed you know like yeah. that. I mean I'm sure there there's some effect probably but it's not as obvious as a Mass Effect and it's like the kind of thing I'm trying to think in Bio in uh, Dragon Age One at the end of it it's similar like if you help the werewolves and they yeah. pop up at the end or whoever you help will come but it's it's the same idea it's never like in Mass Effect Two it's just so satisfying to be like. I need someone who's small and good with technology. I've had this quarian lying around the ship. She's perfect. I need someone who's so unbelievably good at biotics because if we don't have the best of the best, we won't make it. Oh, wait. I have I Jack. Have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they really... It's such a perfect, satisfying payoff for everybody in there. I also threw in Mass Effect missions, and maybe just because I'm a quarian fan, uh, Mass Effect 2, like I said, the... Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it again. The... Um, a few good men scene oh, mm-hmm. where you're on yeah. the Corian ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, it's a tough call between that one and the, the Krogan scene with uh, Morgan, Morden? Morden. Um, not yeah. Morgan, yes. Yeah. Morden. Um, but the, the two ending sequences of those ones, like the the Quarian Geth scene and then the Krogan... Um, Genophage. Genophage scene. The endings of those are just what I look forward to in yeah. Mass Effect yeah. 3. For yeah. all the Mass Effect 3's problems, they really wrap up some character stuff really beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to argue like the that. it's it's like a cake. Like Mass Effect Two is such a dense, really great cake, and then Mass Effect Three is like a lot of the cake is sort of okay, but it's just got the best icing, <laughs> like just the best <laughs> icing of all time. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it, I I agree with that. Like if I had to pick something that the uh, Morden's send off is is so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, satisfying. Yeah. yeah, and to go to a quest involving Morrigan, Dragon Age, or <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. um, the Arl of Redcliffe storyline yeah i think is one of my absolute favorites from any game i've I've talked about it before dragon age origins is one of the first like quote-unquote serious games that i like really like fully got into let's do a replay of dragon age origins i'm i'd love to i'm dead serious we'll pick an hour we'll find an hour episode sometime um before you leave matt and we're Mm -hmm. doing a replay of i own it on steam so we can both play it play it on your computer all right replay of dragon age origins schedule it it's happening yeah Yeah. it's fantastic and this is probably my favorite quest from it basically you go to a town that's being invaded by zombies every night and you know so you do a couple nights of helping them fight off the zombies and then you go and meet the uh the arl who's like the lord or whatever of this castle yeah and um turns out that basically what is causing the the zombies to invade every night is that his son has been or, or he has been poisoned and his son in an attempt to save him um has let himself be possessed by a demon and so it's basically you know long story short you have the choice of either killing him or like trying to extract the demon from him which doing so requires a human sacrifice and his mother offers him herself as a sacrifice yeah, I remember so then you you basically get the choice of do i kill this like 10 year old child or do i let his mother like sacrifice herself to maybe maybe yeah. like to maybe help him um and i just remember absolutely agonizing over that choice forever and the one thing i liked about dragon age origins that they never went back to in the other dragon age games is you don't actually see the consequences of what you say Mm -hmm. before you say it you just have to like actually like choose what you say carefully and like hope that people react to it in the way that you want to so i i remember that i've never agonized over dialogue choices more than in that one because i was hyper aware that everything i said would have really like dire consequences for you know this child and his mom i honestly don't actually remember the choice that i made um because it was it was a while ago but that entire story was just like it it really affected me at the time and it's one of my favorites from that game 
Yeah, I'm, oh man, I'll just say it. I'm a broken record. If you like those type of tough choices, <laughs> there's a certain game. Um, I'm oh. going to throw it way back. I got another one here, too. Uh, Spider-Man 2, the Mysterio mission in the stadium. Oh, man. I don't like swinging up the Statue of Liberty, so that part of Mysterio sucks. Yeah. The fight in the convenience store where you punch him once and he loses, like, five health bars is hilarious. That's true. But... In a game where you get to practice your locomotion abilities so much, and there wasn't anything really like this in the new one, but just being in that stadium and nothing is real, it's all a mysterio illusion, yeah. And you just have to jump across and dodge in the laser beams and climb up these walls, and I just thought it was really fun and different. And I really and look Spider-Man forward to it. Spider-Man being Spider-Man, which you just don't get enough of. Yeah, exactly. And he's taunting Mysterio the entire time. It was. Yeah. I mean, again, th- that I really uh, speaking of games I need to play through. It reminded me of Ratchet Deadlock, which I need to find a way to play oh, again. Oh man. Because I was like, <laughs> man, I, I played that game a bunch in the back in the day. But what mission would I pick as like the one? No, really, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's just, just pretty really, funny. really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the probably the last great. Well, no, there's been a few, but. Unfortunately, we truly can't repeat great any games. of the jokes on air. No, but <laughs> I encourage people to find it and play it for something different. Uh, has this kind of spurred your memory, Adam, or do you want me and Matt to go back and forth? You can guys, you can guys can go back and forth. Like, I, I mean, I agree with basically everything you said. Matt, that, yeah, that Arl mission is is wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that time too. Yeah, but like, there's ones, and it, it's hard because the ones like Morden's mission, you sort of look forward to, but you also really don't because it's like. It's worse when you can see the gut punch coming. Yeah. Like, this is amazing, but it's amazing because it's so hard to do. Yeah. I was thinking about that, too. Like, we couldn't really have that conversation, especially with some of the things that I would want to bring up because of, like, intense, intense spoilers. Yeah. But there's also a thing to, there's a, to, like, be said about this type of mission. It's like, what missions do you avoid because someone's alive right now, they won't be at the end of the mission, and you don't want to get them there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to put this off because this way Morden's alive for as much of this game as possible. Yeah. And then eventually I'll, I'll go do it. I have a couple of quick ones I'm going to rattle off. Uh, in GTA, this is a total cop-out, but GTA Five, just the heists. Just, like, yeah. when you're replaying that game, the yeah. entire game is pretty good if you're a GTA fan. But the heists are above and beyond. And so replaying the heists is just something that you kind of savor. And uh, my last one that I could think of easily was... I love replaying Black Flag. I was really basically thinking of what games I've really played like multiple, multiple yeah. times. I was trying to think, what's my favorite sequence in Black Flag? I think it's the send-off with Blackbeard. So again, spoilers, because he doesn't make it past the mission. But it's just, you're the kind of the last two major pirates in the area, and Blackbeard goes out like a total badass, and he has that great line. He's like, another hero- land we could have been heroes, or something like yeah. that. And it's just like, oh, man. Oh, I've remembered one. Oh, well, we're out of time, okay. so you have like 10 seconds to say it. XCOM 2, whenever you get to kill a Chosen, you're oh. good. Mm, Those missions yeah. are so satisfying. Those are satisfying. Matt, do you have one to close this out? Um, I have. I had a few from Twilight Princess. Um, basically, anytime you have uh, an encounter with the uh, King Moblin guy, I forget his actual oh, name. Oh, yeah. But the, the main one that I always look forward to is um, the sort of like Moblin Western town shootout yes. thing. Yes, yes. Like, I couldn't remember the name of the town or any of this stuff, but you just go there at night and you, yeah, it's like suddenly everything is very Western themed and you just with a bow and arrow have a shootout with a bunch of goblins and houses. It's so much fun. That makes it sound really simple, but it's so great. Mm -hmm. 
Man, I don't even remember that. I actually, I, I totally do. I wrote down one from Twilight Princess that I didn't even uh, say just because of time frame, but it was the the, fi- the dragon boss, which is like you have the two mm-hmm. claw shots and you're kind of swinging around like Spider-Man, yeah. and then it's like you're fighting a dragon in the rain on top of a tower. It's just really cool. Yeah. Just like 12-year-old, this is cool moments. <laughs> Twilight Princess is just great. Rule of cool abides, yeah. as you would say. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, the coolness of Game Over has ended for this week. But stay tuned for an extra special, uh, not necessarily less depressing than last week, episode of TV Talkers coming your way. We'll see you next time, guys.